0: Thank you.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Healthy Indoors Live Show. I'm your host, Bob Krell, founder and publisher of Healthy Indoors Magazine. We've got an interesting show today. We're going to uh, be uh, previewing uh, the upcoming uh, Indoor Air Quality Association, IAQA, uh, global uh, virtual conference that's happening next uh, Monday through Thursday, the 15th through the 18th of February. Um, So with us today, we have uh, some guests from IAQA. Um, We're very happy to have uh, both the uh, president, Mr. Jay Stake, and their executive director, Michelle Buggy. Welcome, guys. How are you? Very good. How are you doing today? Bob? You know, it's it's an, it's an it's another day in Syracuse in uh, the snowy gloom capital of America. We, we got another six inches of snow uh, to welcome us this morning <laughs> to add to How the, the other two life? and a half feet that's already there. <laughs> so anyway, um, you know exciting stuff going on but i mean let, let's let's talk about the elephant in the room a little bit right um this is iaqa's first live virtual event as far as uh well, taking a national conference and turning it virtual um, you guys got under the wire last year um, because your event was in february and uh you know so before everything blew up with the pandemic you you and a couple of other associations got your things uh got got your live in-person events in um, but that's changed things right a little bit
0: Oh, definitely, it has. I mean, I myself, I like doing the face to face, but you got to do. Like, that we that would do this virtual because we can reach so many more people, and we're trying to make our global uh, presence known. And at this conference here, uh, like Michelle was saying before, we have twenty one different countries right now that have registered that are going to be represented at this conference, which is extraordinary. And then people, they don't have to take the time off of the work. They don't have to travel to pay for the air flight, the hotel room, the food, et cetera. Mm -hmm this way they can you know you so it just opens so many more doors uh for everybody for the registrants
1: i mean it, but it is obviously it's a, it's a different beast for you to manage right and michelle you know as executive director and you know being there on the association side um logistically this is a whole different set of parameters for you guys than an in-person event right you're not dealing with catering and hotel rooms and that sort of thing mm-hmm.
2: No, no, it's a, a different, whole different, um, whole different event, really. And it's a lot different. Um, it's, you know, tons and tons of to-do. It's just a little bit different. You know, one of the bonuses, like Jay said, is that you can have the virtual component, it's on demand. And kind of our mantra for this event is that it's not just nothing, no offense to Zoom, but it's not just another Zoom meeting, right? You know, we're trying to provide some additional experiences and in- interactions that you might not see in other conferences. So there will be the opportunity to have kind of roundtable networking where people, you know, like seven or eight people can be together in a basically a Zoom and have conversations and things like that. So, you know, as much as we would love to be face to face, it, it just wasn't doable for this year. So this is kind of the next best thing to give people their education, their CEs, as well as, you know, some networking as well to have that one on one. But a lot of it went into it and it's just it's very different, but it's a lot of work. But um, it's coming together really nicely and we're really excited for the turnout for next week.
1: So, so you know, it's obviously with this different format, you know, being being on a, a stream format um, and, you know, most of most of us, you know, in the real world now have been experiencing that for about a year um so it's it's not all new but um what are some of the new things or innovative things that that you guys are doing for your virtual event next week uh, that that would be maybe a departure from what people would see in an in person event but things that you think would uh, making it noteworthy and i'll throw that out to both of you
2: <laughs> yeah i can jump in with a couple of things so to- yeah you know.
0: michelle's <laughs> the best one for that i mean they work so hard
2: so we, you know, when you think about an event, you can't just do what you did at your live event and just have it and put it in a virtual format. We found that that doesn't work because um, we, as, as the management for IAQA, we work with a bunch of other associations as well. So we've we've, we've been able to learn from other, other groups. And so what we're doing, you know, with IAQA, basically a lot of our sessions, it's presenters giving, you know, um, some technical session, that type of thing. We've tried to incorporate a little bit more um, panels and some unique discussions along those lines we have a really cool kind of frontline panel session coming up and what that is is we're going to be interviewing four different people about kind of what they experienced in 2020 just you know um, just different perspectives we try to make it pretty diverse um, from across the globe and finding out you know what they encountered and then that's going to lead into a roundtable discussion where those same folks are going to be available to sit down and talk with people. And have some follow up conversations. So that's something a little bit different than just sitting in front of your screen and and watching watching the session. Although there's plenty of that too. You can't get away from having that, of course. But you know, we're trying to change things up a little bit.
1: I mean, if the, you, and you need to, right? Um, you know, we've we've been involved with Healthy Endors. We've been involved for three years now. Well, actually, more than three years. We because we live streamed, Jay, I don't. You probably don't even remember this, but we did live stream part of your um, event from Nashville oh god we did in 13 no and seriously we live we live streamed i think three or four sessions to facebook um so so that you were actually well you were not the first one we actually did one believe it or not all the way back as early as it was like crazy it was like 2000 i think we streamed our first for it was awful by the way (laughs) it's all pixelated and just terrible but um you know, so we've been dealing with that, but it's it, what's been the challenge, I think, for all all these live uh, live virtual events now is trying to replicate or at least offer some form of interaction and engagement with your audience. I mean, that's tough. And, and it's it's tough with vendors, too, but we'll, we'll, we'll take it in two parts um, with your audience. Uh, how, what ways can they interact with each other when they're at your event? Uh, there's I'm assuming there's some mechanisms for that.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's the traditional chats and things like that, but then they'll have the ability to, to um, talk face-to-face and roundtables. We have a bunch of different sessions for networking, um, and then they'll have the opportunity to also just connect outside of the platform. But um, mainly online chat, there's going to be discussion boards around certain topics so that if you have questions for a speaker or something and you can't get back to them, um, you know, if you're not present for their session or something and you watch an on demand, you have a question, you can post it. And then they can follow up with you at a late, you know, later, and you can check back to see the response. So that that's a nice feature. And again, I think a, a draw will be the several round, several slots we have for roundtable discussions where you're literally will be face to face. And then there's ongoing chat, of course, through and live in the session and opportunities to ask questions to speakers, all the speakers will be available to to answer questions.
1: Now with the chat, do you, do you have video uh, functions with, with amongst attendees or no? I mean, a lot of events don't have that.
2: We do have it, not not directly with the chat. It's like through more of the scheduled roundtable time. Got it. So we Got schedule it. times to to talk face to face, but otherwise it would be more of, of a chat, or if people meet privately to, to chat as well.
1: Sure. Excellent. Um. And that's. I, I. How about you know? So the second part of that initial question was you know dealing with your sponsors and you, you know your your virtual trade show effectively. Um, what's uh, how's that how's that going to be presented, and what are some of the uh, details that people can expect with that next week?
2: To be honest, we found that like, the traditional virtual exhibit halls, you know, they're just they just don't work wonderfully. To be perfectly honest, so that's not what we're doing. We've got a gallery for all our sponsors, and they are you know most a lot of our sponsors are given the opportunity to present. Um, like a mini session where they can kind of give a quick update as to a new product or service that they're offering or whatever they've got going on and they wanted to share. Um, So that'll be the best way for them to communicate what is going on and really and getting to like a nice audience that that are folks that are interested in hearing what they have to say versus, you know, relying on people taking time out of their busy schedules to go and visit exhibitors. I mean, there'll be opportunities to connect and chat and reach out and all that good stuff. But it's not really, I wouldn't consider it a virtual exhibit hall. We're not using that terminology because we didn't want to give that experience because we just honestly have found it's just not conducive in a lot of um, associations and industries.
1: It's clearly challenging, you know, and I, I can say from direct experience, right, because we produced five events last year. Um, it, it, there, there are pros and cons to those, you know, the, for, for the vendors, uh, for everything I've seen, the you know, both as an an attendee going to other people's events and ones we've done, it doesn't seem like there was a high engagement level with an audience and a virtual trade show. It just never. And and I saw all different size events. I mean, events with 16, 1800 attendees, 2000 attendees, small events with a couple hundred. It didn't seem to vary, you know, depending on the audience size, it didn't really make any difference. So that's, that's, yeah. that's, that, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, any any other uh, things that we should expect next week? I know you just yesterday announced another keynote.
2: Yeah, we have um, Caroline. I don't want to uh, butcher her last name. Well, better um, you than me. Lazzavisky. There you go. <laughs> so I'm glad I didn't butcher it. So we're excited for her, her talk. Jay, you want to talk a little bit about Caroline? I know you had, you know, um, had been talking to her in advance. Yeah. Or, or
0: Caroline, uh, her company's name is My Healthy Home. She's a residential environmental consultant And she's been on CBS, NBC, ABC, a lot of different uh, prime time shows, uh, Cirrus XM, House Smart TV, uh, Reader's Digest she's been in. Uh, In fact, one of the shows that they did a sting on Remediators, she went through and did the preview to the house to verify if there was any mold before that, mold remediators come in. So uh, she's good in it, very good in My Healthy Home, which is, since so many people are spending so much time in their homes, it's becoming more and more important.
1: Um, And, and she was just announced yesterday, correct? That was, that was a new, because I saw a post from you guys on it, and I didn't even have a chance to explore uh, and get into the background on that.
2: Yeah, we decided, you know, kind of a late breaking addition. Um, We were kind of going back and forth with availability so it turns out she's available and we're really excited. She's got some really good studies that have shown that have been from this year about how consumers are much more interested in indoor air quality. um, And she's also got some great new technologies that are pretty groundbreaking as far as they've only been out like a month or so um, that she'll be sharing with everybody. So it should be a really informative session. Um, Also as just a plug for the session, if you attend, uh, there is going to be a giveaway for a new HEPA heated filter from from IVP. It's Something that they just launched. It's worth about seven eight hundred dollars. Where it kills ninety nine percent ninety nine point nine 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 I think is the exact of um, you know uh, certain contagions and things. So that's pretty cool that we have a little extra bonus for everybody that attends that session. It's nice. a neat uh... not, they don't not everybody gets not everybody gets one. They get to enter to win
1: so uh yeah well it's, yeah. so it's not gonna be like an oprah show in that regard
2: no
0: you, it's you don't reach under your seat and everybody gets up. a yeah, uh, yeah.
1: multi-thousand dollar uh, it, no oh jay's freezing a little on us
0: no yeah i am am you i are, good now
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah you're good now well i mean okay. it's hard to tell but, with you sometimes whether you're freezing or not
0: <laughs> um But that methodology with IVP, you know, it heats up the air to like three hundred ninety-two degrees, kills COVID and other viruses. And the machine they're giving away, like five hundred square feet or five hundred and fifty cubic feet per minute. You know, it's good for an office, small conference rooms. Nice.
1: Nice. Am I freezing up again?
2: a
0: little bit,
1: a, a little bit, a little bit. See, and, and, and herein lies the dilemma with you know with live streaming, you know, and, and that's I think that's one of the ev- things that every conference has experienced that when they have live present live streamed presentations, um, is that you're you're at the mercy of what the individual presenter's bandwidth is and what their streaming capability is, you know, you don't really control it, um, so that's that's always a challenge, that's that's a, and that's something we all face and uh, you know in, in these times. So here's a que- here's a question for you going go beyond the show here um what has you know what has the association been doing over the past year you know because obviously you didn't have the in face uh you know or face-to-face uh meetings um you know what what how has uh, i guess just give, give us a little update of what's happened over you know 2020 since i last saw you down in uh west palm beach at the uh in-person event last year what, what's what been going on for the last year
0: uh we've been developing our educational program last year, which acronym for science, methodology, assessment, remediation, technology. And that's really starting to take off. A lot of people are starting to get the batches. We're going to develop that more and more. And right now we offer it in building science, healthy home, HVAC and mold right now. Uh, We're developing more of like the global presence. Uh, We're developing all within uh, the board. We're developing all the committees now, restructuring all that. To where, just you know, after we left uh, the previous management company, we got everything under control. We have an excellent board now. Uh, we have two more people coming on, uh, John Barnett, and also Stanley Ostkowski. And it's going to be just going to grow. So,
1: so. Um... What activities-wise, you typically have chapter meetings. I mean, that's that's been kind of the mantra with uh, with IAQA, do, you know, trying to get grassrooty and, and, and having having a lot of uh, regional uh, subgroups, uh, chapters. Have, have they been meeting virtually? Like doing Zoom meetings, or what? What have they been doing over this time period?
2: quite as much obviously because you know the reason you know they they love the face-to-face and that's kind of the groundswell and I think for the first few months when COVID hit everybody kind of just was in a you know wait and see kind of mode of what's going to happen here but over the summer some groups um especially surprisingly in California they they did you know they did um they were looking at a golf meetup um that they were trying to put together but um, other folks definitely did Zooms, and they met that way. Uh, Australia had a really robust conference this fall. Um, the India chapter also did a lot um, as far as a robust um, meeting via Zoom on in the fall as well. So people are making it work. You know, it's not the ideal situation, but I do think that you know, luckily, hopefully, you know, as we enter the second quarter of 2021, we'll start seeing more face to face, right? As far as maybe people do the education piece um, online and then maybe they do like an outdoor networking happy hour or something like that. We're seeing, you know, that's kind of the, the vibe I'm seeing for lack of a better word, um, with most events and most associations kind of, that's kind of as a stepping stone to getting back to normal.
1: I mean, hopefully we're going to be seeing more, um, you know, in person events happening uh, in the not too distant future. Um, you know, certainly uh, th- there's a lot of events that are still scheduled for in person over uh, the first half of 21. Um, you know, uh, good luck. You know, wishing the best of luck to the groups that are trying to still do that. Um, you know, many groups have opted to, uh, you know, pull back to virtual, you know, for at least the first half of this year or even for the remainder of the year. So that, that, that's another question. Uh, but I, I did want to remind our live uh, virtual studio audience. Now we have quite a few people there. Um, if you have a question for either Jay or Michelle or or myself, you know, they, or something you, a question you'd like to pose, um, hit the reactions button at the bottom of your screen and raise your hand. And uh, in the background somewhere is the editor of Healthy Indoors Magazine, uh, the ever- ever present susan valenti hi by the way susan your audio is live isn't it hi susan it is now (laughs) (laughs) anyway so susan susan will uh is moderating the chat for us the type chat and uh she'll uh get you uh into our uh q a if you have a question for one of our panelists so we'd be uh happy to bring you on
0: um oh but i actually have a question bob okay can i ask a question
1: You, you can ask a question I'll even go live. Oh boy, Um, here we go. Okay.
0: Okay. Jay and Michelle. Um, you you know, you're talking a lot about, you know, um, you know, your global presence now with IAQA, You know, is that the future of IAQA to be a you know a global association? Yes. I mean it's not just we should be within, you know, the continental United States. We need indoor air quality uh, recognition since lockdowns are coming since the COVID, and people really never looked at it. You know, granted it's becoming more prevalent here, but it's also being more prevalent in other countries, and we can see that with twenty-one countries right now are coming to our conference. And I don't think we've ever had that high of representation in the world.
2: Yeah, I can add to that, that, you know, we were just looking at some membership statistics that we're going to share with everybody during our meeting next week. And I think we had about 35 countries represented in membership from 2020. So you know, I do think there's that global interest already, but yeah, it's definitely an area to expand upon because there is so much need. We're hearing from different folks and it's the area of interest where is, is very great. Um, and that's why we're seeing great traction in some of our chapters um, in India, especially we've one in Jordan. We're trying to, the China one's been a little bit dormant but they've just um, reached out about getting back, you know, back on track. So I, I definitely think that, um,
1: we'll see some momentum in 2021. Are, are you uh, working to position with some worldwide organizations such as ISIAC um, or IEQ uh, Global Alliance? I mean, the, the, those organizations uh, do seem like they're, they're trying to collectively get the engineers and the researchers and maybe some of the practitioners of the world together. Is that something, it's something on the radar for IEQA. Eh?
0: We've seen uh, collaborating with ISIAC you know, on trying to come up with a mutual sharing of our education uh, because basically ISIAC is all academia and researchers where a lot of our members, you know, they're the workers and there has to be some form. And we've been discussing with them for the last uh, before Christmas, we started talking to them. About coming up with some kind of a uh, swap program for the education, if we do development on that with the IEQGA. Now we haven't done anything on that. Uh, you know we're in on the founding of that, and we just back off to it, and we haven't heard anything from the global.
1: Okay
2: are focused on the allied industry partners. And you guys, if you got, I don't know if you recall, but we announced that group of about 10 or eight or 10 industry associations that kind of joined together. And uh, we actually put on a joint webinar in response to COVID. But that group, obviously this year has been very busy for everyone the past year. So we hope that group will start doing um, more joint initiatives moving forward. But we do a lot of stuff individually already with a lot of those other individual groups, whether it's ABRA or AIHA or... What
1: have you? So you you, met, um, you, you mentioned uh, that you were, your your uh, your global chapters, at least some of your global chapters, were doing uh, regional events or chapter events. Um, so how how do you foresee that going uh, for 21? Are they going to continue doing them uh, virtually, or um, what's the thought on that?
2: Well, Australia definitely probably could do something in person. <laughs> they're like one of the only ones, right? Uh, you know, I think it's just wait and see. It'll be dependent on the region, you know, and I think that'll be whole true in the U.S., you know, depending on what local regulations are and what the temperature is. But we do see that, you know, I think everybody will be able to have in-person. I mean, my hope is I, I don't see anything why you, people couldn't be able to have some sort of safe in, um, uh, in-person event in 2021.
0: I mean, Yeah, I, hope- I think it's going to be strong that way. The Australian chapter, they do those lunch and learns. And you look at the geographical area that it covers, it works out really good for them. Yeah, my,
1: my thought is, is as this moves forward, um, you know, I guess my question I shouldn't say thought, I mean, I have thoughts, but I, I'd rather pose the question to you guys as, as a, a group here. Um, do you, how do you see that the pandemic from last year and the way things changed, right? You had to do start doing virtual events and doing things online. How do you see that affecting you going forward? In twenty, you know, twenty twenty one and beyond. Are are certain certain uh, virtual components going to become part of your regular offerings, or you know, like, or are, is the plan to get back to you know what was some sort of, uh, semblance of normalcy?
2: Jen, you want to start
0: that? I mean,
2: it's kind of both, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a really loaded
0: question, Bob. I know. I mean, I know.
1: Yeah, it wasn't on the list either.
0: You got to look at. would much rather be face to face with everybody, but then there's other people, other, you know, companies, they would much rather do this, uh, the zoom and be virtual, and we're just going to have to go with the flow and keep. And ABA is doing a wonderful job on monitoring. Take our face-to-face conference and go. Okay, it's going to be digital. They started off with the virtual conference to you know expand. So it's just going to have to be very. Fluid.
2: Yeah, we definitely will be.
0: As time goes on, and if anything happens, we go ahead, Michelle.
2: Oh no, I'm sorry. I thought I was the. It was the buffering. Sorry about that. Go ahead. No, I'm done. (laughs) No,
0: it was was buffering.
2: Yeah, I would just give you a (laughs) sneak peek. So for 2022, we're definitely in Tucson for our annual meeting. We're really excited about that. That's in February, so that will definitely be a face to face. And you know, I think. That with with our global expansion and interest, I think that's the area where we could do a virtual component in my mind, you know, whether it be um, something where we do some, some sort of hybrid events where we do some live streaming at our annual meeting or potentially, you know, six months, you know, during the year do a different virtual event that's a little smaller in scale or something like that so that we can add value to everyone. You know, we want to reach the audience that can come in person and also the ones that can't.
1: Makes sense. I mean, you're, you're I think it, it, there's like, there's a double-edged sword here with, with the virtual events. Obviously um, in 2020, we had to do a, a really fast shift to that um, across the industry. You know, all, all the associations, organizations got thrown into it, kind of get thrown through the wolves with it. Um, and I, I think attendees recognize the fact they didn't have a choice, right? People were forced into Zoom calls and doing things that they weren't really accustomed to. Um, but I mean, in doing so, I think they also it, it became more mainstream, right? I mean, uh, two years ago, you'd have to drag people uh, screaming, you know, to get them into a virtual event for the most part. And now I don't think it's uh, it, it's as hard a push. Uh, what are you seeing from your end on that? You're getting are you getting fairly good feedback that people are OK with uh, attending uh, in a, an online format?
2: I think so. I mean, as you said, it's not everyone's ideal choice, but the choice is, you know, not connect, having a means to connect in some capacity is better than not connecting at all or not getting that education at all. So uh, moving forward, I think obviously the in-person event is not going anywhere and we don't want it to, but at the same time, I think there'll be a balance. I think it'll open up the appetite that people that maybe were more reticent not to do virtual, I think that might stick and which will be great because there is like i said there's the, there's multiple audiences that we can use different distribution methods to reach them with education and networking
1: well i mean and there's there's no question that I think this is something that's going to stay around, you know, forever. And this is like this, this ad, uh, adaption that we made uh, last year. You know, I, I don't think it's a short term adaption, but certainly there's no uh, adaptation. That was the word I was like, adaption, adaptation. Yeah, I'm making up new words on the fly on live television. It's great. I, and my excuse is always, it's not in my teleprompter, you know, which is, <laughs> my teleprompter is blue right now. Uh, it, that being said, though, the, I, I guess it's it's hard to replicate that that one-on-one networking you get at the, you know, at the bar in the, uh, in the hallways over coffee um, at, a, at an in-person event. That's you can't really replicate that in a, in an online format. And that's, uh, it, I don't think we'll ever have that. So that's, I, I would say for myself too, there's always a desire to, to be at an in-person event when possible. Makes sense. Um, well, let's switch gears a little bit from events anyway. Um, you know, what, you know, did you come up with any new guidance to people um, over the pandemic over the past year? You know, I you guess know, you the, uh, the old mantra was people spend 90% of their time indoors. Well, you know, last year people might've spent more than 90% of their time indoors and they certainly spent a lot or many people spent a lot more time in their home environments than they normally do. Um, and again, that's not necessarily true across the board for everybody and certainly not true in other countries maybe. Uh, but there, a lot of people did spend a lot more time home that has that changed any of, uh, uh, the recommendations from IAQA or how you're looking forward on things?
0: Uh, overall, we, you know, we don't give recommendations. We're, uh, we're not an advocacy organization. We're kind of an educational warehouse and, um, You know, with our allied industry partners, you know, we had a webinar on the COVID on it uh, because some of them, you know, they have the different credentials for in those specific areas uh, for infectious diseases, et cetera. But um, I'll turn that over to Michelle now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just echo what I would You know, we're kind of just the one stop shopping. We want to provide information. You know, we have our allied industry partners that we recognize as leaders in the respective fields. So, because IAQA is, you know, we're a little bit unique. We're not just, you know, remediators, we're not just uh, the specific type of scientists. We're a multidisciplinary association. That's what makes IAQA special. Um, but it also makes it challenging in the fact that we just don't have one viewpoint. We've got multiple viewpoints. So that's why we feel that, you know, as an organization, our role is to educate folks, um, connect them, make them aware, and, and um, you know, really just try to help educate them and provide them the resources they need. So that was our, really our focus on 2020, whether it was webinars or um, providing information to our members, having resource pages, things like that. So that's kind of what we saw our role. Um, for 2020. Now, you know, in talking to members, if that needs to change, if there's other things they want us to do, because in the end, we are here to serve the membership, that could certainly change, right? You know, you have your mission as a not-for-profit organization, but your mission can shift. This is a world-changing event. Mm -hmm. um, So uh, that's something that we can you know, consider, I just, we just don't know what the future holds, but obviously, you know, it's whatever the mem- the members want us to do with that, because that's who we answer to as staff and as the board of directors.
1: Well, I mean, have you considered by chance uh, bringing a, a a global board member position, you know, on your board of directors? That's something you don't currently have, right? An international We don't have board one ta-
2: targeted specifically right now, but Richie Mattela is from India. So while it's not designated, we do try to the nominating committee and our guidelines are to be representative of our global nature. Um, So I, I, and I think that's something that we take to heart, um, you know, in in a lot of our outreach and a lot of our committees um, and things that we're doing, we're trying to be diverse, not only in global representation, but as far as, you know, being representative of all the disciplines that are in the organization, whether it's contractor, consultant, lab, you know, having everybody having their say
1: Excellent. So I'd like to remind, uh, those of you in our virtual studio audience, um, if you have a question for Jay or Michelle, um, just go down in the reactions button at the lower part of your screen on your device and, uh, raise your hand. Um, uh, our moderator, uh, Susan Valenti, uh, the editor of healthy indoors magazine. She's, uh, she's on standby, uh, sitting there monitoring the chat and monitoring the hand raises and, uh, she'll, uh, get you the opportunity to get on camera and ask your question. Um, has there, you know, Again, with the COVID thing, because obviously this is—you know—this has been the big indoor environmental story for the past 12 months plus now. Um, has there been an upswing in uh, consumer calls uh, regarding COVID-19 uh, to associate, you know, to IAQA's headquarters? And you've been fielding yeah, a lot more commentary.
2: Yeah, we we definitely have had a little bit of an uptick. We've had—I was just looking at some of our stats before this call, kind of just trying to get a sense, you know, just to refresh myself and. We've had about, um, you know, 30 to 40% increase to our website visits. And, you know, obviously that we can't tell if they're potential members or if they're consumers, but I would, you know, uh, think just the general interest in IAQ is there, right? No matter who it's coming from. So that's something we, we, we've seen. So um, I I definitely think that there's increased awareness, increased interest, of course.
1: Have you been like, do do you have the opportunity to get direct questions from consumers and, are, are, is there any uh, pattern that you're seeing there, or is it you, you don't get a lot of direct engagement? I'm assuming
2: we we do. We get a lot of questions. It's kind of just all over the place. It's you know we get is COVID real? Um, you know it, you know it's usually you know it's I have some this weird smell in my house. We get a lot of those, um, not necessarily always specific to COVID, but you know they're just the, they run the gamut of consumer questions. Obviously. Our staff are not IAQA experts, so our job is to connect them with people in their local area that can help them solve their IAQA questions and problems.
1: Excellent. Um, You mentioned that one of the sessions you have in uh, next week's uh, online event, the online conference, was uh, actually, uh, I think it was four individuals from various parts of the world uh, talking about their their experiences uh, over the past year, right? A yep. kind of a front lines perspective mm-hmm. um, what kind of stuff have you been hearing from the front line from uh, from uh, members of the organization like how how have things changed what's what's on their minds is it your association member minds
2: you want to take
0: that one Jay what i her you no know, I don't want to get into you know people losing you know family members friends acquaintances businesses shutting. It's just some people in the industry have changed their business model and are doing really well while other ones are looking. Their business present or current business model has worked really well for them. Um, it's just, it's really changed the views of a lot of people. Um, you know what I do. Uh, you know, I cover all 50 states and Canada. You know, some of the guys have really been hurt. Um, in different areas. And, uh, you know, my heart goes out to them. And, you know, with the schools being closed, you know, people being in homes more, it just, there's a little saying by Dr. Martin Luther King, the time is always right to do what is right. And that's what I hope continues through here with our association for our members to do what is right to help the people and just always remain positive through this whole scenario because it's going to keep going on. Life will continue. Go ahead, and, Michelle.
1: What, what I was going to add to that, um, or at least uh, I guess pose another question, but just to add a, a commentary point, And this has been one of our themes for the past several shows is 2020, you know, was, was a difficult year uh, to say the least. Um, It certainly uh, raised, I think, global consumer awareness and interest on indoor environmental issues, right? Uh, In my time in the industry, I think this is my 34th year, 35th year, I lose track now, I'm getting delirious, but um, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it never really was in directly in, in everybody's uh, mind, I think it, from a consumer standpoint, I'm taking it down to you know the basic a basic Mr. and Mrs. Smith mindset. Um, you know, indoor environments were were something people would address if they had a particular uh, situation, but now people seem to be more concerned about IQ and IEQ. So it, there's this is an opportunity. Would you not agree that to, uh, to uh, for us to push the whole bar and push push the can? forward you know and make things happen and not let it just you know once once the pandemic um recedes which it will you know we hope sooner rather than later but at some point we'll get back to some more of a stable thing and uh what do we do what do you do more importantly as an association to keep indoor air quality indoor environmental quality in the forefront how how do you keep that out there once you know once this this crisis mode is over we've been in crisis for over a year now
2: So we've been talking a little bit about at the board level and with some of our committees as well is, you know, how do we engage with the consumers, you know, having a more direct consumer campaign that has not been a huge focus for the association. Um, So I think, you know, but before we do that, there's some infrastructure things that we need to address because there's no sense in promoting folks, you know, to to go to, to go somewhere to a website or something without having it functioning to the optimal performance. So that's something we're working on getting that infrastructure straightened out in 2021. But we have been talking about for 2022 to start the development in 2021. You know, I can't say this is for sure, but the direction we seem to be heading is that we would definitely more have a consumer awareness initiative that would hit um, for 2022. Is kind of what we're thinking and using 2021 to plan. Um, You know, Jay, we've talked about that at the board meeting and we've had some marketing calls. I think even um, there was somebody on this call here that's been in some of that conversation um, potentially in the past from our membership. So um, that's kind of what we're thinking because, you know, this is an optimal time to maintain that momentum from consumers having interest in IAQ. So we just want to capitalize on that. But at the same time, we want to do it wisely. Right. So we want to make sure all our ducks in a row to be perfectly honest before we Mm -hmm. do something like that
1: i mean that's it's a challenging thing to do you I know mean, to that end you know i'll I'll partially let the cat out of the bag we've been doing it for the last couple of weeks but um next week we'll make a more of a formal announcement so healthy indoors is launching a uh, global online community uh we actually soft launch it next week uh in beta and within a couple of weeks actually in march it'll be out officially and what this is is basically a platform a global platform that'll allow um industry people consumers everybody to be able to uh network um communicate share information share ideas uh and try to make that in a a concise place right now right, right now you have you have you have uh threads on reddit you've got facebook groups you've got you know people are you know there's, everybody's tweeting all over the place but there's not really any centralized place um to pull that together and that was one of the envisionments years ago when susan valenti and i uh actually discussed putting the healthy indoors together you know we're talking now you know decade plus ago um you know that was a that was a a big part of our vision is to have to be able to create the central information sharing and networking hub so we're we're really excited uh we'll talk more about that that'll uh you'll you'll hear more about that next week during your event too and it's going to be in our sponsor booth and all that but kind of exciting
2: yeah no Uh, it's very exciting and
1: that's and what you know the thing is the idea of that community is that it's it's going to be a place where not only individuals and you know providers and practitioners and academics can get there, but also associations too. I mean, we're looking to get groups and collaboration amongst everybody, right? Because that's sharing, having a central repository and and, and a place for people to meet outside of their own organizations is a good thing. You know, obviously, you know, from an association standpoint, you tend to be, be association centric, right? You're dealing with your members. Uh, you're not really that concerned about the members of some other association. So we're, hopefully we'll provide you that platform. Um, You know, one of the things, um, this this has been a question. I'm just throwing this out there. And, Jay, you're probably going to be the one to field this one. Um, Should we, we're we're still dealing, we're reeling in the COVID pandemic. Should we be more concerned about surface cleaning or ventilation improvements and enhancements right now to combat this uh, situation? I know that's a loaded question. I mean, it's an opinion. What do you think, (laughs) too? Both? or no. (laughs)
0: I have an attorney friend. He goes, it
1: depends.
0: (laughs) With it, you can't take one over the other. Um, You know, the air cleaning, I mean, if you're not worried about the ventilation and the cleaning of the air, you're just recycling, you know, junk out, junk in and the surface cleaning. uh, If you notice, people are more comfortable with the plexiglass shields up and uh, just functioning more and cleaning more. Uh, You go into stores, you see different cleaning because they just can't keep them in stock in the other. I think you need it together. And that's the only way that I think, and this is my own opinion, that we're going to get ahead of it. Um, you know, it's no different in uh, mold or anything else. You know, if you clean, you still got to take care of that air. Mm-hmm. And same way with this. You got to clean the surfaces. You got to clean the air.
1: There's been a and, mes- messaging issue, though. Wouldn't you agree, to, and, uh, Jay?
0: There's,
1: there's been a messaging issue. I mean, industry-wide. I'm not, I'm not p- pointing this at you personally. I'm saying, you know, as far as, you know, what we've gotten from uh, the cognizant no, 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 authorities, no. right? It's, it, hasn't, it hasn't been clear.
0: No, they haven't been focused on it because everybody wants to feel that their opinion is more superior than someone else's. And it all depends, you know, they push their products hey, you need this, this will take care of it. When there needs to be more of a collaboration on that end of it to where it's almost a joint force, kind of like what we did with the allied industry partners. You know, get together and have one consistent voice. Mm-hmm. And I think once that starts coming out, then it'll start driving at home
1: it's definitely you know it, it's definitely a good question though um oh, yeah. to that end to that end uh, the, so um today at 11 a.m um the uh, house committee on and I'm gonna Butcher this because I don't have it in my notes. But basically, uh, part of the reconciliation project uh, process for the budget, the energy, uh, the committee on energy, and I forget the name of it. Susan, you can chime in if you remember the name of the committee. Um, I was on the phone with uh, uh, Representative uh, Paul Tonka's office, talking with them about that this morning. Because in that in that projected money, there was a hundred million dollars projected for EPA in this in this uh, COVID stimulus funding. Uh, but it really, nothing's targeted for indoor air quality. Everybody's talking about getting schools open and doing, you know, you got to get the kids back to school. There's not a, there's not a penny allocated to, you know, to give EPA some teeth again on the IAQ side, you know, and I, and, you know, I voiced my opinion with them that I think, I think it's crazy that, you know, we're not, we're not, go, you know, that this is a, again, this is a prime time we're worried about making schools safe and healthy to get kids back in them and uh you know but we haven't really allocated funds to do that it's a problem
0: well it is a problem if the funds were used properly and i know we're getting a little into the politics you know mm-hmm. there's been money allocated you know for new ventilation and it's just that they don't need to use do new ventilation, you know, put some systems in, UV light systems, or, you know, you know, it's not an endorsement, but like the IVP where it kills the COVID, you know, there, there's other ways of addressing it, but it just comes down to the one voice being uh, projected and educating them. And instead of, you know, one company or, you know, politicians saying hey if i do this i can get more money in my coffers mm-hmm. and it's a shame that people just can't put everything aside and do it for like the getting the kids back in school they need it uh you know will they ever straighten up it's going to take probably a couple years for kids to get back into the normal swing of gone back to school
1: you, but, but back to my earlier point of, you know, are we going to take this moment in time, this crisis that we've been experiencing, to help push this initiative f- further forward? And certainly, you know, improving filtration, ventilation, you know, making indoor environmental uh, enhancements to schools and all of our indoor spaces for COVID has a long term lasting effect for improving the indoor environments and improving cognitive processes. And, right, I mean, there, so there's long term benefit to doing this. It's not a lot of this is not just a, you know, it's being pushed as an immediate response to this pandemic, but it, these are things that are really more uh, global issues, right, that, that have been out there for a while.
0: Well, these are going to be long-term, uh, I guess, in designs of buildings, how uh, HVAC, you know, the ASHRAE ventilation standard, um, just on everything, doing it. Um, you know part of it like this um, our school mold standard is at the editor right now so that'll be released this year and that will hopefully you know through the cleaning through the monitoring of mold it will make more people aware of the indoor air quality in schools but people being at home it uh, it has to be be a long term because people are just spending more time at home than ever and people it comes down to finances too Mm -hmm. and that i think that's the biggest uh restraint is the financial impact
1: you have to have the will to do it. Uh, what what I would like to do is, uh, again, now invite our uh, in-person audience uh, to turn your cameras on. Uh, Susan will, get, will give you access to do that. And uh, we're going to kind of round table this the last few minutes uh, and allow you guys to uh, individually ask questions and jump in here. You know, so we, we haven't gotten a lot of questions. Uh, pre questions so by all means turn your cams on uh you know uh hopefully you're uh, fully clothed that would be good um and uh we can uh you know m- maybe get a little direct discussion going here um welcome welcome all right um it, there's definitely there i mean this is there's a lot going on right now timing for the IEq uh Iqa uh global event you know is good right this is I mean this is a good time to be doing a conference for indoor air quality next week um and I w- want to remind again all, all of our audience um uh, that show takes place online right uh next week from uh Monday right the 15th through the uh through the 18th and we have I see Christy crocker from uh, maine indoor air quality council jumping in hey how are you
0: Good. how are you hey jay
2: Good. hello hey how are you doing doing well thank you sitting up here in the frozen north is what i'm doing
1: <laughs> so you do you have a question or are no, you just, just I, just, to say, hey. I just i just I, I invited you in i thought you might i thought you might yeah. actually have some some input
2: no I, I mean i do i always have input on everything you should know that by now but yeah i just i have to applaud uh, iaqa for some of its decisions that it's making on its event Uh, you know, next week, I'd like to think that our experience at our event last October has helped, you know, guide you as you go through uh, the process of creating a virtual event. So, it's really, I think, especially to not have an exhibit hall is... um, Brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's all about setting expectations and creating different added value for our, our partners. And we do find that they're very ple- they should be very pleased at the end um, of the experience. So I am confident that they will be given our other experience. It's just about setting expectation and delivering the right value, not only to our sponsors, but to the attendees as well. Um, right and our conference is, we've, we've structured it just so that it starts at noon Eastern so that it's not the full day and that in addition, um, it'll be available on demand. So if you can't make it live, it'll it should be up. Um, the sessions will be up pretty shortly after, within just a couple hours. We're working on the exact timing, but that'll be all a disclaimer on our website. But it'll be pretty quick. Yep. Yep. It's great. It's all great. You,
1: you, you mentioned, you know, as far as uh, you know, your event, you know, being being, uh, you know, being kind of an example. I, I've always like been told that my life is kind of a, a warning to others, you know, um, and, and that's my my reason for being here. It, we're definitely learning right we learned a lot in this past year correct so much yeah and it's so like much. um first of all we learned how much uh how much we love to be in uh, our building with our spouse 24 <laughs> 7. I, I my life actually see here's the thing i gotta say this my life has not really changed significantly because i've been working telecommuting from home for the last 20 years you know so my office is across my driveway my studio is across my driveway um I, You know, I've been doing zoom for five years. This is is not a new lifestyle. But for many people out there, especially those of you out in the industry, that are in the practitioner roles, we're out in the field, field service people. um, This is nuts. Like, how, you know, how are we dealing with that? How do you do service calls if you're in quarantine? Kind of a problem, right? You know, Jay, I know you work, you know, with, again, just take it to a personal level, you know, with your company, you're involved with with, with doing uh, work all over the place. You know, you, you have an affiliate network of people and you're, you're working in all different states and most of the work you do is going in and doing inspection work, right, in oh, person.
0: When it first hit, it made it really tough, uh, oh, yeah. you know, where we had to call the state, we had to call the county, we had to call the city, we had to call the real estate agent, then we had to call our technician to see if everybody was okay with us coming in. And uh, it's getting more lax uh, to where we're allowed to, but still on the relocation side, people don't want to move. Uh, I just talked to a client yesterday and he go, he's moving up to New Hampshire and he said, I just don't want to move. I'm afraid of contacting something in the move up there and you know it made me look like you know I had my second vaccination yesterday so it's just like all right and but I didn't realize there's that much fear yet in people you know just moving or driving and you know how much I travel
1: yeah, yeah, but, but yeah the fear level's high i mean i'm going to be honest i've been very um through this whole thing you know not cavalier about it at all um you know n95 masks almost all the time right um you know social distancing sanitize hand sanitizers everywhere just doing every you know believing what we thought we're doing everything right well you know lo and behold two weeks ago my wife and i both came down with covid um so you know and we're and we've been we've been fortunate in that it's it's been relatively mild compared to some other people I know and family members and we've, we've lost people that we know. So, I mean, it's, it's, um, pretty darn scary, you know, and, and even, even in a mild case, it's still, you know, it, it, it makes you take pause, but more importantly, it makes you take pause of like, oh, man, I thought we were doing everything right. How do we get it? What do we do wrong? Where do we screw up? You know, it's kind of, kind of a scary thing. Um, is this going to change the way we operate going forward, though, in general? I mean, you know, in Asia, ever since, ever really since the, uh, the global pandemic in uh, 19, 1918, right, the Spanish flu, um, it's been kind of customary in many Asian nations for people who wear face coverings and masks, right, when they don't feel well. That's like considered almost social responsibility. Um, is that going to change that here? Do you think people will be more often than we'll be seeing people wearing masks in public going forward? Or do you think we're going to go right back to where we were? I'm just posing that question. I thought it was interesting. I think it will. I think if you look
0: when you're driving down the road, you have one person in a car by themselves and they have the mask on and gloves.
1: That seems odd. Yeah, I I, I get that.
2: (laughs) Well, I can say anecdotally, my hairstylist who gets struck three or four times a year, she says she thinks she gets it from her clients and she hasn't gotten it once during the pandemic you know in 2020 so she said you know i might actually wear a mask in in the winter months because i don't want to get sick every three weeks
1: patrick you have a question or comment
2: I thought it was interesting
3: oh i've been sitting here trying to figure out how to run my new camera well we got you now um no you were talking about the i'm down this last year 2020 i'm sitting here doing taxes um i'm down 90 percent uh yikes 90 of my work is rural alaska villages and they 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 haven't allowed us in since april ish so yeah it's effective
1: that's tough i mean and i i I hasten to even ask you know how how do you survive losing 90 percent of your volume
3: that's a tough dollar out Mm -hmm. no no profit this last year but i mean it's it's starting to look a little better the problem is the, the native villages have such conflicting information given to them You know, we were told if we got the vaccine, we could come. And now all of a sudden they've said, if you have the vaccine, you're still not, it's still not safe is the way they've been told. So we're still not allowed. And I've got tens of thousands of dollars worth of contracts just sitting there since early last year. Yikes. Nowhere.
2: Yikes. CDC just came out with new announcements today regarding the vaccinations and whether or not you can be around people. I think that was just launched a few hours ago. So hopefully that will, um, that change will bode well
1: for you. Yeah, ho- hopefully, because what's happened, you know, they did the emergency approvals on these vaccines. And usually the vaccine approval process takes so many years because part of the approval process is that it also stops you from from not just contracting uh, symptoms and a disease, but from being able to spread it. And unfortunately, if you don't have a time factor, right, without a time machine, you can't actually do that type of study without going out a year or two to see how long the efficacy is and whether you can prevent that.
2: Right, but they just released today that if you've been vaccinated and you've been exposed, you do not need to quarantine. That just came out. They changed the regulation. They haven't provided the science behind it yet. Hopefully, really? that out at some point today or tomorrow. So yeah. that just broke. I just saw it on the news maybe an hour or two ago.
1: Fascinating. I'll have to look into that. Well, I mean, one of the questions for me, you know, so okay, uh, my wife and I have COVID now. There's conflicting information on what whether you how long you should wait before you get a get a vaccine. You know, like, it, it should be, should it be a minimum of 90 days? You sort of have resistance, they believe, for 90 days if you've actually uh, uh, recovered from COVID. Uh, but then, you know, there's like, nobody seems to understand. Should you take one shot? Should you have two? What, what? you know, here we are
0: Do you have the antibodies? Because a lot of people, you know, that was stated to have COVID, they don't have the antibodies i mean
1: because i think it has something to do with the severity of your case too you know like being that we had mild flu-like symptoms and you know headaches and fevers and stuff but you know not really any severe respiratory distress or anything you know thus far you know knock on wood you know um but yeah it's these are these are interesting times guys um well we're we're kind of running we're getting to that point where we're at the end of um one thing I, I guess we want to do a, uh, you know, a, a last opportunity. Uh, you know, if Joe was here, if Joe, if Joe Matt, our co-host was here today, he'd be saying it's the kind of like the, the final wrap up question, final chance to throw in your two cents. So I'm going to give both Jay and Michelle an opportunity, uh, to just, you know, to give us like a, you know, final thought, something that you think is important. Maybe you didn't get in and, um, uh, who would want to go first? I'm gonna actually let you let you make the determination. I don't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> I don't know, maybe I will have to put you on the spot. Go ahead, like Michelle. Okay, Michelle's I'll going on the spot.
2: You- Well, I think, I really think you covered a lot of the topics that we had in mind. We're really excited about our event next week, obviously. And we just encourage everyone to register. The one thing I did want to mention is that um, we do have a special rate for folks in uh, developing economies. The list of countries that applies to is pretty broad. And it's uh, $99 if you're a member of IAQA. And if you're not a member, it's $198, but you also get membership for the rest of this year. So it's a great way, a pretty affordable way for people that normally couldn't maybe travel all the way to the States for our annual meeting can certainly enjoy this virtual opportunity. So again, that that list is pretty broad. So I just wanted to plug that a little bit if if you guys don't mind.
1: Certainly. And Jay, um, closing thought. This is...
0: You know, with everything gone on, this is an exciting year. This is when you lock and load and rock and roll and go with it. You know, you just push ahead and don't, you know, get down in the dumps and, you know, do the oh, woes, me. It's just, okay, this has gone on. How can I help people? how can we move forward and i think that's one of the things i aq persevere through this and to help people and just educate everybody yeah it is gloom but hey if you get lemons you make lemonade
1: well i mean that's that's the true entrepreneurial approach isn't it um so you know again final plug here um you know Next Monday through Thursday is the IAQA Twenty Twenty Global Virtual Annual Meeting and Expo. Those are a lot of words to say in one sentence. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> the fifteenth through the eighteenth. So, if somebody uh, isn't already uh, registered to attend and uh, they want to attend, how, how where do where do they find more information? How do how do they get become uh, get their tickets to this thing?
2: So they just go to annualmeeting.iaqa.org or, or they can just, they can just go to iaqa.org and get a link from our website. That's probably the easiest thing to remember. Just go to iaqa.org. You'll see a link there to our annual meeting and you can get more information there. And, um, I hope to see you there next week.
1: Yeah. So we'd like, to, we'd like to, uh, thank our, thank our guests, uh, uh, Michelle buggy and, uh, Jay steak, you know, nice. Appreciate you guys taking your time out of uh, your busy schedule because you got an event coming up. I get that. <laughs> it's like not, not that easy to take an hour away from that, but I'm um, looking forward to joining you guys next week. I'll be there as a sponsor and uh, probably chatting and tweeting and doing all kinds of wonderful stuff, uh, uh-huh. on, from healthy indoors. Um, so again, best of luck with it. And, uh, we're definitely excited to be part of it. So, um, so we're at that time. We're here again, you know, Thank it's like you
0: very much.
1: Ewens, you, you had to do that, didn't you?
2: Had to get it in.
1: <laughs> he, he really, you know, it's like, it's a signature statement that he has to uh-huh. make. Uh, you know, well, okay, Jay, Yeah, I, I, you know, actually you were very, very well behaved today. So, um, <laughs> I, I, will, I will say that, uh, it, it's always a pleasure seeing you, but it was an especially
3: Hold on pleasurable event. That-
1: I don't even know what's happening now. <laughs> and at this, mo- at this moment, I'm going full screen. Um, so I, we hey. are at that time. Well, okay, hang on. Pittsburgh. I to, do I have to let you in? Hang on. Yeah. What, what'd you do? I missed it. I, I, why am I allowing uh, you to? Do... Oh, okay. Pittsburgh. Got it. Uh, you're a Pittsburgh uh, fan. Yeah, okay. Pittsburgh.
0: That's where Ewan's are from.
1: Ewan's? Seriously? I, I wouldn't know this because I'm not from Pittsburgh, I guess. All right. So once once yep. again, I'm once again I'm gonna attempt yep. to do the closing, Jay. <laughs> once again. <laughs> so thanks so very much for uh to, to both to both our virtual studio audience all you guys that joined us here uh in the virtual studio um and as well as all of you that are either watching it on our simulcasts uh out on social media or other platforms or those of you who watch it uh after the fact uh, as a recording on vimeo um we appreciate you joining us um we'd like to have you here every week the healthy indoors show live the new live show airs every thursday or most every thursday we'll be off next thursday so i guess i should say that we're taking the week off for the IEQA event we'll be back on the 25th um but we are generally here on thursdays 1 to 2 p.m eastern standard time um so we'd love to have you join us and uh, especially uh sign up for the studio audience uh, give you an opportunity to come in and put your smiling face on our camera and ask questions so we would look forward to having you there uh when we're back in two weeks our our buddy and co-host joe menosh will be back with us and uh we've got a good slate of things coming up in the next few weeks so uh for healthy indoors magazine uh and uh the healthy indoors live show i'm bob crell we hope to see you guys again soon uh here on the healthy indoors show (laughs) we <laughs>